0: Hello, and welcome to you, philosopher. So today I want to talk with with you about something that um, I really wanted to talk about um, a little while back, but didn't get a chance to because the news cycle moves so quickly, and that's the issue of separating families at the border, and that is, of course, something that, despite being a really... Powerful, amazing, and tragic narrative moved very quickly through our through our our news. After about a week or two, you didn't really hear about it anymore. <clears throat> and, but now with this concern of a migrant caravan, um, potentially you know thousands of people trying to come up through Mexico and into the United States, um, it affords us the opportunity to talk about it. And I want to talk about it in part because. It seems that in our conversations about illegal immigration and about specifically these issues of people kind of trying to escape into the country and the ways that we deal with it, that we don't actually discuss these things like honestly and we don't discuss really the the some of the fundamental aspects of the issues raised by it. So with that, um, talk, let's talk about the separating families issue. So there's obviously a lot to be said there, and some of it definitely has been said, right? So the first thing that we want to look at is, is well, why why separate families? And I'm gonna leave aside like whose policy that was or who started it first, Barack Obama or Donald Trump, and so on and so forth, right? So rather than worrying about it as a political issue, let's look at it specifically as like a humanitarian issue and as an issue in terms of like the welfare of the United States and the welfare of the U.S. citizenry, as well as, as the welfare of those people who are um, impacted by these separations. So I'm going to try to avoid saying things like kids being kept in cages and so on and so forth, because there certainly is uh, a way we can use words maybe to make things sound worse or sound better. And I'm also not going to say that these kids are simply uh, you know, at the equivalent of summer camp. So what do we have happen? We have, we have the ability and have, for a little while there, took the opportunity to, do when, uh, when an illegal family is, is caught trying to cross the border, um, separating the families since it's an illegal action, part of the way that people think about it is, well, obviously these adults need to go to prison, right? They need to go to jail. This is, what they've done is illegal, and the way that you deal with that is is you put them in jail. And it would be obviously cruel to put children who probably don't have a choice in this issue at all in jail with their parents. So we, um, we put the children in some sort of other detention facility which hopefully, you know, isn't, you know, fences and bars and so on and so forth. Now, the argument also becomes, well, isn't this a good deal more humanitarian while also being just, right? In other words, our other option is to put the kids in prison or in jails with their parents, whilst at the same time, this real, this, this maintains the idea that, what these people have done is illegal, and therefore they they should be in prison for it, and they shouldn't be allowed to kind of wander around the country, especially um, just because they use their children as a means by which to avoid the punishments that maybe other uh, other people would have. So that's kind of like one side of the issue. Now, importantly, though, a key aspect of the issue as well that seems to have been discussed, I think, to some degree, is, well, what is the impact on the children of this, right? Um, even if the children are not being kept in you know, cage-like conditions, even if it's relatively nice and they're getting to go to school and so on and so forth, is there a question of trauma, especially if, if they're particularly young? And though I don't think they have to be all that young for it to be traumatizing, but to go through this event of like leaving your home is already a big deal. Um, I mean, if you look at like, you know, these stress tests that you take, you know, and you you mark like points for every, you know, like have you gone through a breakup recently? Have you gotten in a new relationship recently? Have you lost a job recently? Have you moved recently? Like moving is definitely a stress. I can only imagine the tremendous stress of like trying to leave your country, trying to escape your country into another country, trying to escape your country into another country and then having people take you away from your parents. having. Escape from another country, trying to escape into another country, having people take you away from your parents, and being put in a facility with people you don't know for an indeterminate amount of time without contact with your family. That seems to me like there's a whole lot of, of child psychologists who would say, this is really probably pretty bad for the kids. Like This is certainly something that's going to impact them the rest of their lives, and one wonders if, it, if there are gonna be connections to things like even like PTSD. As I imagine, it it doesn't always happen easily, right? You know, one can one can imagine children being ripped away from their parents. And I'm not saying that that is always the case. But it, we have at least discussed that issue to some degree. There has been this concern of like, is this in what's in the best interest of the children who at the end of the day don't really have a choice. And I think that for many people who are against immigration and supporting the the separating the families issue. Their thought process is, well, this is the parents' fault for using their children as kind of like a bargaining chip or as a tool to try to avoid um, getting in trouble and and, tr- and trying to manipulate the system to get what they want. And there's a lot of stuff though that I think is being kind of ignored, right? Like, okay, it doesn't really matter if if it's a cage-like area, Um, it's still, you know, a place you're not allowed to leave where you're separated from your family, that I think has been mentioned and discussed. Um, The fact that it's difficult to figure out what to do with people if they do bring children over and should bringing children over actually exempt you from the rules that other people are forced to follow, you know, I think that's been discussed. But something that I think is really under-discussed is like the plight of the parents. Like there seems to be this general kind of consensus, or at least this gen- general tacit willingness to say, well, let's not talk about the parents because the parents are guilty, right? And so even amongst people who seem to feel like, well, we shouldn't be separating children at the border, the concern is, of course, for the kids. Um, and I'm glad that at least many people are genuinely concerned for the children. Um, I can't help but think also about how traumatizing this must be for the parents. I mean, I'm now, I think the response ends up being, well, then they shouldn't have tried to come over illegal. They, they shouldn't have done something illegal. I think they like, imagine the circumstance of being such that you can't contact your kids. You're being held in prison. You don't know how, you, how well your children are being treated. Um, you don't know if they're safe, right? Um, you don't know when or if you'll get to see them again. What had, what you had hoped would be a, a new life of safety and security has quickly become... A nightmare, where the most important thing to you in your life has been taken from taken from you, and I think many people want to argue, well, like, how do we know that they're even really their children? And if they're willing to put their children in that danger in the first place, clearly they must not care about their kids that much and stuff like that. But even if a fair number of these people are actually like, um, you know, violent criminals or drug dealers who are like grabbing random children or nephews or even their own kids in order to for like this insidious reason, there's still a lot of people who are trying to bring their kids somewhere because they want their children to have a better life. So there is kind of that comic realization of like, well, some people are saying, well, we don't need to feel bad about what's happening to these kids because these kids are having a great time. They're way better off than they were in their other country. But then the obvious response is, but isn't that why their parents did it? Like, we don't seem to have much space for the possibility that a lot, if not most, of the parents who are in this circumstance are specifically concerned about their children's lives. They like, forget their children's lifestyles, which I think is definitely an issue. Like, they want a better life for their kids. We're talking about, in some cases, country that ha- countries have that tremendous violence and danger. And so they're hoping to bring their children somewhere safe. And it's really strange that we seem to feel like we just don't get that. Like, that to me is very weird. Like, we just don't really talk about the bravery of the parents involved. And I think we should, right? This is not necessarily all. This is not to say that there aren't people trying to game the system. I'm not suggesting any of that. But there are a lot of parents who seem to at least have some passing awareness of how dangerous that this is for them, how poorly the circumstance could go for them. And they're still thinking to themselves, well but all that really matters is my kids and what are my best options. And this is the best of a series of bad options and I'll do whatever I have to do for them. And so I can't help but think it kind of reflects poorly on the way that we think about our own children. Like have we become so kind of unaware of our own children's needs that we can't imagine ourselves being in a circumstance where we'd be willing to violate another country's laws in order to try and save our children's lives or try and have a better life for our kids. I mean, it seems like I would think a lot of people are willing to do a lot of stuff that's considered pretty shady so that their children can have a better life. I mean, certainly if you think about it amongst the very wealthy, I mean, they're, they're willing to continue to participate in schools that are... Uh, very kind of like segregated in terms of class and financial status and send their kids to the best possible place, even if they know that other people's children don't have that same chance. I mean, there's a certain like kind of moral awkwardness there, I should think. But they go, listen, I don't care. I'm going to do whatever's in the best interest of my children. And that's why when I die, my millions or billions of dollars are not going to go to everyone else. They're going to go to my kids. So, Though there might be some moral imperative that we should think that some of our money, if we have a lot of it upon our death, should also go to society at large or to starving children, we all seem pretty comfortable with the idea that even the very wealthy should be able to largely um, give their money to their children because it's their children and that's the most important thing in their lives. So the fact that we are not looking at these people who are trying to escape with their children and trying to help their children have better lives—that we're not. All That we're not also, in addition to the question of illegality, looking at the issue of heroism and bravery, and we don't really consider the potential sacrifice, that some of these people know that something really bad could happen to them, or that they might even lose their children. But the hope is, is that, well, maybe they have other family members there, and that the children will go to those family members, even if they end up in prison or being deported, that they're willing to lose their child if it means that their child is safe. And... So, the, the the idea then becomes one that I really am struggling to understand why we're not having a full and robust conversation about the trauma that these parents are having and that our tendency is just to go, well, they've done something illegal and thusly they deserve it. And it's important to note that for them, it's not illegal, right? <laughs> like we don't think about that much, but Like think about how many of us would, say you went to another country and you found, um, I don't know, a diamond or you know you went spelunking or something you know you found fa- or you found a gold nugget or something like that how many of us would be severely tempted to despite that that country's laws regarding what you're allowed to take at what you find in that country and what you're willing to take out of it how many of us would be like maybe i can like put this in my carry on some like i mean what does australia need with this right they're fine you know like there is a sense in which. We, especially here in the States, are willing to both kind of ignore other countries' laws, but also like their cultural norms and stuff like, well, whereas we're like, these are the laws of this nation and they need to be following those laws. But they're not citizens of this nation, right? They're citizens of some other country and they're thinking, I want to escape there. And if that violates, well, their law, well, it's strange that we seem to feel like our laws should be something that everyone considers to be like global. Now, again, I'm not saying that they should be willing to break those laws, but I do wonder under what circumstances we would be willing to. And I'm pretty sure that many of us, if not most of us, we would start being willing to break other countries' laws when it had to do with the best interests of our children. That that would, that would be, if anything, for most of us a starting point, right? Like, okay, when am I w- willing to potentially spend time in jail? When am I willing to say that their laws aren't nearly as important to me as other things? My kids. So, the issue of how we should deal with this, we cannot forget that part of the motivation behind this, because a lot of people are gonna say, look, Nick, you're, you're, you're just blowing smoke because so many of these people are criminals and so many of these people are you know m- bad people who are trying to break into a country, okay. But that particular law regarding separating families, is that is that one oriented towards criminals, right? I mean, because that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. Like, I think that there's kind of a little bit of intellectual sleight of hand that's happening. Because obviously the thought process behind a law like that is, is when people think that they might be separated from their kids, they're not going to try and get into the country. So that law is specifically oriented around the belief that there are people who are trying to get into this country with their actual legitimate children and they care about those children. Because otherwise the law wouldn't impact anyone, right? It wouldn't be preventative. Yes, some parts of that law are specifically, like some concepts of those laws are specifically about the idea of like, well, where do we keep people, prisoners, whether children should be allowed to be kept in prison, but some of it's also a deterrent. Like, these people are not going to want to come here if they think that they might be separated from their children. Well, that assumes, number one, that they are their children, and that, number two, that they care about, care about their children enough to not want to be separated from them. So this law is not about, like, trying to keep, like, secret drug dealers out who are probably thinking to themselves, okay, well, if they take that kid away, I don't care. Like, that law is not... So, <laughs> if anything, it's part of the comedy to me of this law would seem to be, like, if anything... The only people that it really is likely to reduce trying to come in are the people that we would view have the most legitimate claim to try and go somewhere else. In other words, the people who genuinely don't care about the laws are still going to do it. And it's funny because now that I think about it, that's the same exact kind of logic that is used on the other side like amongst conservatives when it comes to like things like gun rights. Like, well, if you make gun laws, well, then the only people who are going to have guns are the criminals. Well, when you make laws about uh, immigration and families, well, the only people that really are going to be impacted who are going to be thinking about it are the people who actually care about their families. So that to me all just rings very strange. And then it's, it seems to me very similar to um, this issue of The this migrant caravan and I'm a little confused why we're not willing to talk about what would lead people to not instead of leading quiet desperate lives right leading like obviously desperate lives like there's not that many people who are like you know what let me give up my family and my friends and um take a dangerous series of border crossings to try and break into a country that doesn't want me. Not many people are really genuinely dying to do that. And I think it's only our arrogance that's like, yeah, well, you know what? They're over there and they're poor and they're miserable. So they, they want to take what we have. Because if you look at the studies, I mean, let's just be really honest and upfront with each other. If you look at the studies, a lot of people who are poor are really, really happy. And you could not pay them to come here. Just that, I mean, that's just, like, a simple statistical fact. And we have a lot of trouble acknowledging that. Like, that just doesn't, like, but why wouldn't you want my stuff? Like, that's what makes my stuff valuable. I mean, it's kind of like, I don't know, something like Pokemon Go. Like, my having a Lapras is made less valuable if other people, like, have it. Like, they have to... you know, when you want my stuff, that's why I bring people over to show them, like, look at this, right? So that I know that somewhere in their heads are like, ah, I don't have that, right? That, 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 that sense of people not having what we have is what makes our stuff valuable, I think also makes it really hard for us to imagine that people who don't have what we have might not actually want it. And there are a lot of people all around the world who don't have that money, much money. Now, don't get me wrong. They, you know, they have their health and they have their families, right? Um, They have things that that really matter to them, but they don't have a lot of wealth. They might be largely eating the same thing every day, but they're happy. Like, they report very, very, very high happiness levels because their lives are not solely and only dedicated to work. They find their work fulfilling. They spend their time with their kids. You know, they're they're not simply sitting their children in front of the television or now, I guess, in front of the cell phone so that they can work more. Like, they're really getting quality time with the people that they love. And I think for all of us, we realize that that tends to be the thing that brings any of us the most joy. So the idea like that these people are like desperately trying to get into this country just because they want to take our stuff, because they look at how much we have and they're so envious. Well, sometimes people are envious, sure. But I think more likely the thing that would drive people to leave their homes and families is violence and fear of violence and starvation and privation. Right? It's not like they want my... I don't know, with some technological advance. I was about to say my DVD player, and I'm like, no one cares about that anymore. No one wants my cell phone. You know, like, I don't think they're going, you know what, let's break into the United States so I can have a Samsung Galaxy 8, you know? I mean, maybe there's a couple, but probably not that many, (laughs) you know? I think there's a lot more of them We're like, oh my God, I'm genuinely concerned that my children are going to be gang raped or murdered or that I'm not going to be able to feed them we're somewhere where that might be less likely. Man, okay, that's that's a heck of a trip. We may not make it, but we're not safe here. So where else can we go? So, I mean, where's the pride in being a country? That's It's so funny, like, instead of being proud of ourselves for having so much stuff that other people want to take it, which I just think is kind of patently false, why don't we take pride in the fact that, I mean, <laughs> school shootings aside that we're we're a nation that not just has a, has enough rights but like has enough safety that there's people who are thinking I will take massive risks to go there because my children might be safer there. I mean that's something and that's something to be proud of and it's strange that we don't view that as something like to share and to welcome. And again when I say something like that people are like oh so what you're saying we should open the borders and just let everyone in. What I'm saying is, is it doesn't seem to me that we genuinely value the, the thing that other people value about us and the comedy of it is is then we don't understand why they're trying to get in and we hate them and treat them like they're miserable criminals for trying to get in when really what they're trying to do is share love and laughter and safety with their families. Which at the very least, even if we chose not to let them in, which is a conversation for a different episode, something that we could admire and respect and empathize with. I don't know. Anyways. With that, I hope you have a wonderful week.